the best goalies in the world let in bad goals, right? I mean, we've seen for Manchester United, David De Gea, like considered one of the best goalies in the entire world, had a rough end of the year. Doesn't mean he's not a good goalie. He's maybe going through some tough times. How do you rebound from that? There was a situation last year, and this is a this was a middle school game, right? So he's got middle school, he's got the club soccer. And in middle school, as you talk at high school, and now that he's in now, the games are different. But anyway, he made a mistake. And the first mistake he made was some confusion and it probably could have been made by multiple people, but it got in his head. So it was interesting to watch that. A few minutes later, he made a second mistake. This mistake was 100% mental, right? It was just a complete breakdown. And it was interesting because at one point, I was like kind of over there and just felt bad for him in a way. But on the other side, it's like, this is good. This is the learning experience. Let's see how he's gonna respond to this situation. And he responded very well at that point but you see that in games right you could be on the road and you let in a goal maybe a goal you should have should have had maybe you were in a bad position how do you then and maybe the crowd's talking to you maybe you're def- i don't know you know as i think you get older you start respecting one another because i think for younger people that's harder because kids talk they're also going to look at the goal and they're going to say that's his fault it's the easiest person on the field to blame they don't realize that the midfielder if he would have made possession at midfield everything would have been fine the ball would have been on the other side of the field next thing you know he makes an error and the ball is coming back to you how do you deal with all of those moving pieces i mean yeah you got to get back to your frame of mind is it is it like the cornerback mentality hey you got beat for a long one but you got to have a short-term memory and move forward what are you doing as a goalie to get to where you are today and doing this for many years yeah i mean it, it, it's exactly what you said it's uh it's that short-term memory, right? So if you give up a goal, there's no, if you give up a bad goal or if you make a mistake on the field, there's no getting it back. You know, you could stand there and you could dwell on it. And, you know, I think that that's something that, that even goalkeepers at the highest level, you know, if you talk about, you're talking about David De Gea, you could tell that, you know, the mistakes that he was meant, that he was making was he was fighting off, he was fighting off some mental challenges and he was fighting off some, you know, whether his confidence was high, whether his confidence was low, it's, you know, even at the highest level, you have goalkeepers that, that go through confidence issues and deal with, you know, those mental mistakes and that mental side of the game. So, you know, the best advice that you can give or the best advice that I've gotten is pretty much just, you know, short-term memory. Forget about, forget about the mistake you just made and think about the next save and think about the next moment because, you know, there's, there's going to be plenty of opportunities where if you give up a bad goal, there's going to be, you're going to have that chance to make up for it. Or you're going to have that moment where, you know, you need to be called upon to make a big save to keep your team in the game. And if you're able to make that save, then that means that you've moved on mentally and that you were able to, to put that mistake behind you. And it is tough, you know, when you're younger, it's, you know, it's, it's tough not to dwell on those moments because it is, you know, it's a moment where the negative spotlight is on you. But at the same time, like, I, I think that goalkeeping along the way has taught me a lot of life lessons. You know, it's life, uh, <laughs> Life isn't exactly easy either. So when you're dealing with when you're dealing with the tough moment in sports, when all the the negative spotlight is on you, and you're able to respond and and get through it, and you know come out the other end and notice that it wasn't the end of the world and it was just one moment, and you're able to kind of shake it off and fight off those uh, mental demons, as we like to call them. You know, it's a good it's a good life learning lesson as well because you're going to deal with those types of things in life and. And for me personally, that's one of the things I love about the goalkeeper position is, you know, you can learn so much about life by being a goalie. And, you know, for me, it's the mistakes that I've made on the field are lessons that I've learned uh, that I've learned on the field. But it's also helped me learn lessons off the field. 
So for me, that's one of the that's one of the best things about being a goalie is if you can if you can overcome those those tough moments and those really tough mental struggles, then you know I think in the grand scheme of life you're going to be all right. I completely agree. I mean, I think it applies to so many things, right? Like in business, you can say if you've played sports, you've been in these situations, no matter what level you've played it on, you could have made a mistake, you could have lost the game that you thought you were going to win or whatever happened, or you had this incredible process and journey and then you end up winning. So many parallels you can draw to it. But it's like, what happens when things aren't going well? Can you block it out and move forward? Can you get back to what it is that you were doing with the little things that you know you need to do to get to that point, right? Um, You've had uh, a wild ride as I understand it, you know, playing high school soccer and then kind of moving your way up. And I want to touch on that a little bit. But one of the things that I've seen is that you've been a backup. And, and there's, there's, there's certain positions, I think, in sports where you see this, right? We see it a lot in college football, for example. Um, you know, I'm a huge Ohio State fan, right? And uh, Justin Fields is at Georgia and he makes a transfer. And he's not the only one. There's many kids that do it because you want to play. You want to start. And soccer is obviously, hockey goalie is another one. There's only one of those positions that can play. And it's not easy to just take those guys out, right? You don't see a lot of two quarterback systems. You don't see a lot of two goalie systems as, as you go on. So you become a backup or a third string goalie. And there could be situations where you're behind someone who's absolutely more experienced, possibly better, and a better prime of their career, and you're still young and learning. But what about those situations when you feel like you're doing all the right things, but there's so much going on behind the scenes, perhaps political, perhaps because the coach or the general manager just likes that player better, or because of the contractor, who knows what those external circumstances are that really you don't have any control over, and you're not playing as a result. Does that relate to the mental stuff that you're dealing with on the field? But how do you handle being perhaps a backup or a third stringer when you know and you have the confidence that perhaps you should be out there or at least getting your fair share of having the opportunity to be out there? I mean, I think that if you if you didn't always believe that you should be out there, then you wouldn't you wouldn't make it very far. You know, I think that that's the that's the type of mentality that you have to have. And that's kind of the fire that, that keeps you, that keeps you going and keeps you pushing when you're in those tough situations. If you are a second or a third string, or, you know, you're not playing games when you want to be playing. It's that internal, that internal belief that you should be out there and, you know, that kind of drive that keeps you going. But as far as, you know, the situation where you feel like you're, you're getting shortchanged or, you know, you should be out there, but you feel like something's political or, or whatever, you know, that's just not the, I mean, that could be the case, but you don't do yourself any favors by dwelling on that. You know, if you sports are crazy where you see it all the time, man, like you talk about uh, Ohio state and Justin Fields, right? Like who would have thought that like he would have never guessed in a million years that he would be transferring to Ohio state and that he'd be starting for Ohio state, you know, come this season, he probably went to Georgia thinking he was going to be the man. And, you know, it's just a situation where his circumstances changed and, you know, hopefully for his sake, hopefully he's ready for the moment and he's been preparing the right way and he's ready for the opportunity. So when you're in a position where you're not playing or you're not getting the reps, it's it's about training hard, keeping that fire burning where you feel like you deserve to be out on the field. But, you know, if it's not going your way at that time, it's about preparing and making sure that you're ready because sports has a funny way of, of giving people their moment to shine. You know, sports always, sports always kind of comes full circle for people. So it's, it's about being ready and trying to make the most of that opportunity that you get because there's only so many opportunities that come, come about, you know, and if you're, if you're dwelling on, 
you know, all the games that you didn't play or all the moments that you felt like you were kind of getting screwed, for lack of a better term. But if you're drawing on those instead of the moment that you're going to get, you're not going to do yourself any favors. So it's just about being ready for your moment. And, you know, it's, and it's good to be pissed off. It's good to be good to keep that fire burning because that ultimately that's what's going to keep you going and keep you pushing for more yeah you hear that a lot right the put another log in the fire and there's i think we all have those little things perhaps a teacher doubted you or someone or a friend or someone on the crowd on the other team was kind of calling you or whatever that might have been or could have been in any situation in your life and you know i think there's there's a lot to be said about the person that can use that more as fuel but not as in like i'm going to prove them wrong but just like you said, the burnt, the inner desire to want to do something. So you go back to work and it's like the, the obstacle, the Ryan, the Ryan holiday book, the obstacle is the way, Hey, yeah, you want to be starting. You feel like you should be starting, but you're not your second, your third string. You didn't get this opportunity and this happened to you, right? So going backwards, from what I understand, you went to uh, university of South Florida and they found you by playing high school soccer. So there's all sorts of conversation, as you well know, in this country right now, of U.S. soccer and where are we go? Where are we going with this? We're in the World Cup. Why did that happen? How are we going to train uh, the young players? And, and not just for the the ultimate level, but just the, as a country in, in general. Um, that there's a lot of talk that high school soccer is not the answer. And no doubt, when you go to a lot of high school games, it's very different. It almost looks like ping pong, right, or boom ball. Whereas when you go to club, it's it's very much more uh, controlling the game and a lot more training and short sided games and all that. But you played high school ball. Did you also play uh, academy or club soccer at the same time? How, how did that work out for you, and why were you playing high school soccer? So the academy system didn't exist uh, when I was going through the high school. When I was going through high school, or if it did, it was it was very maybe there was one or two academy systems in the entire country. Um, so for me, it was just that's kind of what everybody was doing, unless you were called into the national team and uh, taking part in that. So for me, it was playing club. You would play club up until the high school season, and then you would transition to high school soccer. And then once high school soccer was over, you would transition back to club. And But nowadays, you know, you talk about the World Cup and you talk about, you know, where we're at on the world scale and, and that whole process. And I think if you look around the world, there's kids that are playing. If you're good enough to play, there's there's professionals that are playing at 15, 16 years old all around the world. And if you're in the United States and you're playing high school soccer, you can, they don't even compare. So when you're talking about development and trying to get U.S. soccer to be recognized on a world scale as being competitive and having the type of types of players that, that are able to, you know, go to a World Cup and – and do well and you know who knows maybe even lift the trophy one day when you're talking about that you know I think the academy system and starting these starting these kids and starting these players at a young age in that professional environment you know it's, it's a step in the right direction and for me you know I loved high school soccer I loved I loved high school sports and you know I'm the type of guy that was going to the high school football games on Friday night and cheering cheering on your school and all that good stuff but if you're really talking about reaching that next level of soccer in the United States then you know, the academy system is, is the way to go. And hopefully, you know, we're trending in the right direction.
Yeah, and I think your teammate uh, that's on their pod, the JDZ podcast had said that if, you, if you're trying to achieve something with soccer in your personal life, whether you're trying to go to the World Cup or not, right? Like just go to the next level, get to a higher league, that you have to go to the academy soccer, right? You have to get to that level to be found because that's where people are looking for you and that's where you can at least try to make a name for yourself. But all the way, you know, having fun with it, whatever that is. And if it's soccer's not your true passion, obviously go find something different. So you go, you, uh, you get recruited playing high school soccer to USF, uh, have a great career there. And I think you found out your junior year, you're, um, if I'm not mistaken, you made All-American and uh, heard you on the podcast saying, wow, wait, maybe I'm pretty good at this sport and I can do more with this. I can finish college and continue to play this sport. And then the MLS draft comes around and you would assume that things were going to go your way. This is why it's so amazing to watch someone like yourself that's dealing it with it mentally in just one game, right? You, you put it in a vacuum and let's just play that one game and you have to deal with the mental side of just playing goalie. Now you have all the other things that are happening. Where am I going to go? How am I going to play? What city am I going to live in tomorrow? And what team am I going to be on? And you're having to deal with that. And you had this situation where you thought you had gotten drafted, but it was one of your teammates that had gotten drafted from South Florida, correct? And then you move on. And so you're dealing with all this. Tell us about that story about when you thought you gotten drafted, then you realized that wasn't the case. Yeah. So like, like you said, you know, I was expected and, you know, you go through all those mock drafts and, and, you know, and your name's up there a lot. So you're expecting, you're expecting the day to go your way. And so I'm just sitting in, I'm just sitting watching the computer and watching it tick by and waiting for my name to get called. And, you know, as it, as it's slipping, as each round goes by, you're getting a little bit more nervous. And there's that feeling of, you know, I can't like almost like disbelief. You can't believe what's going on. And like, how could this be happening to you? And, you know, all that, all those good feelings that you get uh, when something's not going your way. But yeah, so I was sitting there with my girlfriend, who is my wife now at the time. And, and we're just watching and you see from the University of South Florida. So immediately it's, all right, yes, like it's finally happening. You get that joy, you get that excitement. Yeah. And then it was one of my teammates. His name was Bernardo Anor, And they called his name and, and it was just from there, I just shut the computer off. I, I, think, I think my wife and I went to Chipotle or something and, you know, just tried to, just tried to regroup. But it is, you know, it's that, it's, it's that anticipation and you're excited and, you're, and then you think it's finally your moment and everything that you've worked towards is, is, is coming true. And then to have it not be your name was obviously a, a nice little, nice little uh, punch in the gut. Uh, I guess. Yeah. I was going to say but, that. You know, it's just like, but as I said, man, it's just like, it's just like with everything in life, you know, professional sports is professional sports is a little bit tough and it's, it could be ruthless at times. And, you know, it's, it's just something that, you know, if you can, if you could deal with that type of that type of adversity, and you can come out the other side, then you know you're going to be better for it. I'm Eric Kazimov, and for all of us here at Kazsource, thank you for listening to Content Matters. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on LinkedIn or Twitter. That's it for now.